Welcome back, everybody, to the Horoscope Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Chambliss, and my co-host, as always, Russell Howell. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Uh, looking forward to another great episode, and what better way to do it than Jordan Peele's follow-up to the uh, great film Get Out. Uh, we're talking about us. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, this movie has a lot of hidden meanings, and I'm hoping to like really just decipher all this movie. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. And we have a special guest with us from the Schmodown. Please welcome Janine the Machine. How's it Hello. going, girl? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for joining us. All right. So pretty much we're just going to start off with a quick synopsis. My guy cannot say that word. <laughs> Russ, kick us off. Uh, yeah, so the movie pretty much opens out where we see... <laughs> what, what? Oh, you were laughing. Uh, oh, you... Okay, anyway. No, so the movie synopsis. opens... The synopsis uh, of the film, <laughs> the tongue-tying word that, uh, yeah, that uh, Hunter can't say. Pretty much, uh, in a nutshell, it's pretty much about a girl named Adeline who is uh, at a carnival-esque um, in California and pretty much goes wandering off, ends up getting... Uh, ends up missing for like 15 minutes and comes back and we see that she has problems. Uh, we see that her mom and dad are talking like a guidance counselor saying pretty much that, you know, whatever had happened um, in that 15, 20 minutes has really messed her up. So then we fast forward to present time. Uh, we see Winston Dukes, her husband now, and they have a family. They go on vacation to like a beach house esque like area vacation house that they go to when all these things start happening. And we pretty much, you know, the peel, the onion pretty much peels off as we go layer by layer to see what happens in the film. And that's pretty much the, the, the essence of us pretty much in a nutshell um, without yep. getting too, too much into like, you know, <laughs> talking about a synopsis of the whole entire film. Yeah. All right. So now that that's out of the way, let's kind of get to kind of the meat of the movie. So what's our favorite moments, our favorite lines, stuff like that. Janine, why don't you kick us off with that? Um, well, for me, the symbolism of the movie was not as obvious as I expected it to be. Like in Get Out, it was way more obvious. Like I had to watch maybe like three or four breakdown videos after seeing this movie to kind of pick up on everything. Yeah. Um, I really liked the scene um, with the fa with the other family and their doppelgangers coming after them, and just like the whole creepy aspect of playing yeah. uh, Beach Boys "Good Vibrations." Like that just made it even more creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, seeing the twins laid out kind of like the twins from The Shining. Um, yeah, the whole yeah. sequence, her just crawling, trying to get away, like that whole sequence was probably, this wasn't as scary as I expected it to be, and this was probably one of the more kind of creepy, scarier scenes. That's why I liked it. Mm -hmm. Russ? I agree uh, with what Jenny said. Um, also, you can kind of see that Jordan Peele has a lot of... Uh, Paying homage to some of the movies yeah. he really he really loves in the film. Mm -hmm. and that's what's so great about it. Kind of how like Jenny said, with you know obviously the Shining Twins, um, and just at the beginning of the film where we see like Nightmare on Elm Street on uh, VHS on the side. It's one of like Jordan's yep. all time favorites. And just with the um, with the social commentary too, just like you know uh, Night of the Living mm -hmm. Dead had, mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, just in general though, the thing that I really go back to and I think about now is uh, at the beginning of the film we see all these rabbits in the cage. And to me, now that I see it, 
obviously not watching it like watching it a second time. I didn't get that the first mm-hmm. time, and that's that's the great thing about this movie. The what I took from the rabbits in a cage were pretty much rabbits were pretty much synonymous with the tethered, um, pretty much in a cage. They don't have a voice. They're pretty much just like trapped. At the end of the film, we obviously see that the the rabbits have been let out of the cage. I.e., the tethered have pretty much reclaimed you know their voice, and I think that in itself. It's such an important, important aspect of what Jordan Peele does with his films, even just with social commentary in general, and just the things that he brings onto both films, Get Out and Us. And that's just the beauty of him as a uh, filmmaker. Yeah, and um, I think I think the the rabbits also as well kind of play into that idea of like um, regeneration and multiplication because mm-hmm. you know they reproduce so much, and all these people are like reproduce doubles of people. So yeah. I think that's another yeah. symbol symbolic thing with the rabbits. <laughs> Yeah, and and like even just a snowball on top of that, uh, that whole Jeremiah eleven eleven quote. I just yeah. kind of wanted to get on on that the Bible verse. Um, pretty much, we see that at the beginning of the film, where Adeline's kind of wandering and she sees a guy with a cardboard sign that says Jeremiah mm-hmm. eleven eleven. Yeah. This come this theme comes out uh, again when we see the sun uh, when Adeline's putting the sun to bed. And yeah, and the goes, clock. Yeah, the clock's eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. So obviously, some symbolism with that. But and the, also. Uh, um, the the sports game that watching yeah the character score. Watching, mm-hmm. score is 11 11 oh really and then at the end of the near the end of it uh down in the basement the guy has four ones on his head four oh, ones yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but we see that the the bible quote is uh meaning it, it says therefore this is what the lord says i will bring on them a disaster that they cannot escape Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. And I think that's the whole, you know, that's the resonating voice. I think that this film really, mm-hmm. you know, really goes by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So actually, um, I want to bring up my favorite scene, and that's when the tethered um, versions of the family first breaks into the house. Okay. That whole entire scene is because it it really gave me like the stranger vibes. No, Where it's absolutely. like the tight, yeah. the tight hallway shots, the um, the closet scene with the boy in his uh, tethered version, you and the the lighter trick, just everything about that scene gave me like the stranger vibes. Where it's like, okay, now this is more of a, like a home invasion with a a very unique twist to it. Yeah, no, that was a really good scene. Um, probably one of the more scary scenes, and you. Going back to it, that's a scene that's really great to revisit once you've seen it and you kind of know the twist. So then when you go back to it, you can kind of pick up on things she's saying and get a lot of more of those yeah. visual clues. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of echo what you said. Yeah, you get to catch those things. And that's what makes a great filmmaker. I always say, you know, Kubrick is a, a filmmaker I always bring up a lot. And it's just because his films, mm-hmm. if you rewatch his films, you always get things you didn't see the first time. Yeah. And I think that's what really brings yeah. a great filmmaker, you know, uh, around and I just I think that Jordan Peele has that same aesthetic. Uh, it, it may not be as upfront as Get Out was. This is a little bit more of a. Uh, you really have to dig. Yeah, to, yeah to, definitely to, to figure out what you know uh, Peele's <laughs> trying to convey. And um, even that whole Hands Across America thing, which I didn't even really know about. Uh, but my wife grew up like because obviously my wife's older, but uh, she actually remembers when this was going on in the eighties. I was three. Um, so that, that tells you, <laughs> that shows you the age gap. But anyway, like the whole hands across America thing at the beginning of the film that we see, uh, pretty much to our listeners, it was just a big public event that was held in 1986. And it was pretty much, uh, about six and a half million people held hands for 15 uh, minutes. Uh, 
and attempts to form a uh, human chain across the United States, pretty much just speaking upon like, you know, poverty and stuff like that. Which, I mean, you think about it now, that would never happen now. No. I mean, Everybody's no. like, I don't got time for that. Like, Seriously, and it's completely crazy. <laughs> that they, were, they were able to make a chain from California to New York, which is completely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the fact right, so, that that was kind of like the one thing that she had, because she's a little girl, so she's mm-hmm. kind of, she made this whole plan based off of her t-shirt, because that's all yeah. she had, you know, when she went down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Let's just go down to the twist, because why not? Because there's a lot we can dive deep about this one. Uh, So pretty much the twist of this movie is the real Adeline that we've been following turns out to be the tethered version and the one... All right, how do I explain this? (laughs) The the one that was down there was the real Adeline. Yeah, because you later find out... And the thing that you really... I think you start seeing the beats that Peel does... Um, even when like, and somebody even mentioned this when they were listening to, I got five on it in the car. Um, her whole, her, her whole count was off. Um, somebody yep. was saying, somebody was saying that when she her was, uh, when she was snapping her fingers, her beat was off. Um, which I guess looking at it now, I guess maybe that's when you can kind of tell that maybe she, uh, is the tethered mm-hmm. one, Yeah, but you really see it when she kills her tethered self or the real Adeline. And when she starts making those grunts, that's when you kind of know that I think that's when yeah. you're like, shit, yeah. this is this is this is the uh, this is the tether. This yeah, is you know this is this is uh, not red, the reg- real version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red, is, red is actually Adeline yeah. the whole yeah. entire time. And, and then even when you get it, yeah, even on the beach, she's when she's talking to her friend, mm-hmm. you know, she's telling her that she's quiet, and she says, you know, I'm not, I've never been really good at talking. Because, you know, none of them yeah. really know how to talk. And she kind of yeah. had to teach herself how to speak. Yeah. So that's another kind of clue right there. But Peel's so good in that aspect of things because, okay, obviously the tether can't really talk because you hear the grunts and groans of, like, like Winston mm-hmm. Duke's character and stuff like that. Um, and you see that, you know, Lupita Nyong'o is phenomenal in this film, mm-hmm. by the way. This, this oh, shows you really good. This just really shows the caliber actress that she really is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just playing her tethered self to, you know, her regular self. Um but the whole entire time you see little clues, but you don't really know because you think, okay, well, maybe something really bad happened, and that's why this girl's locked up. It makes sense. Yeah. That's why you go with it. Okay, <laughs> this girl had a horrific 15, 20 minutes. We don't know what happened in this, mm-hmm. in this, this uh, mirror house or whatever, okay? So yeah. whatever went, went on there was traumatic enough to make her lock up and not talk. So we pretty much, when the movie's going on, you're not even th- putting that together yet. No, yeah. because we're like, she's just repressing her past. Yeah. That's the only reason why she's not talking. Yeah. yeah. And I also love the fact that going back and watching it multiple times, that I didn't catch it the first time I watched it because all the other tethers, you know, whether it's Winston Duke's character, the daughter, whatever, they make the grunting noise. Uh-huh. But she's the only one that can actually speak. You know, she can talk with words, but she also has a like problems with her voice because she was choked as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's all the stuff that I'm like, Oh, watching it a second, third time. Oh, I see what he was doing now from the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. So that's well, why it makes it great for rewatchability for sure to kind of go back and pick yeah. up on her things. I love it's, that. It's just like the sixth sense. It's yeah. Exactly, it's exactly. I can compare it to mm-hmm. that because you watch it knowing that, you know, spoiler alert, that Bruce Willis is actually dead the whole time. Or even uh, like Fight yeah. something like Fight Club 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even Fight yeah. Club. 
yeah. And it, you go back and see it, you know the twist already, but then you're like, shit, well, he really does he really does cover his tracks on all this, and it does make yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit more sense. I mean, like, again, kind of beating a dead horse, he may not do it as subtle as he did in Get Out. And I think that's the problem. That, and that's why I think this movie was so divisive when it came out. Yeah, agree, agree, totally. Because of, because of the fact that it wasn't in your face, like... Um, mm-hmm. Like the girl in Get Out was eating her cereal, not mixing the milk with the with the cereal. Cereal, you know I mean? yeah, like a symbol of a, like of kind of like racism there. Um, but like, I think this is a little bit more deeper. I think this is this is Peel's deeper uh, deeper film for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's something about this movie that this movie really has multiple twist endings, and you could really think about, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does hand, Hands Across America have to do with this? There's so many symbols in this movie that go so many different places that it's really up to your opinion as to what you think it means. Yeah. Like, um, and have you guys heard the theory that the son, he is a tethered and he's like, yeah. 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 I love that theory. (laughs) I do like, cause at the end you see her looking over at him and it's like almost like he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he yeah. does this and then puts the mask down on his face. Like, like he kind of knows. And he's kind of the one who knew who they were when they're like, who are these people? And he's the one who says they're, they're us. us. Yeah, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I get it. But to me, like, I like to think that she was the only tethered. Like, yeah. and everybody else was not. You know, yeah. everybody else was them yeah. like, themselves. Um, but then you look about it, and I, and, I, and I go back to the beginning of the film when they talk about a lot of the abandoned underground and stuff like that, about like it, it it's, you know, stretches for miles and miles, obviously. Um, and we see that that little fragment of area where you know, we see you know, Adeline's character going down, and, and like to see these people pretty much acting out what they're doing. On the surface, know, yeah. On the surface, <laughs> yeah. Which, like, you know, playing puppets, like she had already said. That was the whole idea of why the you know the tether the tether was created to obviously control what happens up on the surface. Yeah, mm. and um, I just think it's crazy because you think about it like it works because like what's going on there is going on all underground. Like you don't like so you you kind of believe that you know there's so much underground and Peel kind of covers his tracks with that because then yeah. you're gonna because then you're gonna be like oh well, yep. well well you can't explain that well he explains in the beginning that there's tons of underground you know uh, miles and miles that stretch across America. Um, and yeah, that also kind of explains um, how uh, Adeline, she kind of stopped dancing and she couldn't dance any further than mm-hmm. however old she was because the tether kind of just mimic what yeah. the people are doing and can't really do it. Yeah. So then when the real Adeline is dancing, she's a real person from above so she can continually dance and get better and impress everybody. Yeah. Whereas a- the Adeline above, the fake one, she couldn't. Yeah, so she I can't because yeah. yeah, she's like a puppet and pretty much her strings were pretty much cut off. And she, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I totally so, agree. So I was actually watching uh, film theory. I don't know if you guys watched that or not, but um, there was this theory that um, us also has a undertone of the um, um, America's like want to have the big things. You know, like the big expensive because you know the big boats, the big beach house, everything like that. And it's like, what? All right, this is the what America strives for, and they finally reached it, and now their tethers are here to bring them kind of back down to reality. I could see that, especially with that couple, the the couple that that are their friends. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely see that they're a, an embodiment of excess and 
yeah too much and yeah which makes sense because I think about it like with us, like we're the tethered and society in a, as in a whole, the media and whatever sells us on what we need to do, what we need to buy, you know, where we need to spend mm-hmm. our money at. And we're pretty much puppets in that whole entire monopoly. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and I see where Peel was kind of going with that social commentary on that. And again, when you peel the, you know, when you peel the movie apart, <laughs> you really, you really see, you know, the different layers. I think that you know Jordan Peele was trying to do, and I think that that in itself mm-hmm. really speaks volumes of what type of filmmaker he is, you know. Yeah. And that us can also be U.S. and like, you yeah. know, hands US. across America. Yep. It's very based in America and how people act and things that we do. And, yep. Oh. And, and like, would red maybe be the bloodshed that we've like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, like seriously, like the red yeah. clothing would it would yeah. it be like the, the bloodshed that we've endured as a country? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's why. And there's a lot of things like that that you can kind of put your own like thought into and yeah. see it mm-hmm. your own way. Because I was watching things that were saying like the red jumpsuits were kind of her like embodying maybe Michael Jackson because you know she loved thrillers. She had the thriller shirt, shirt and yeah. she was kind of trying to mimic his outfit. That's why they had the one glove because of him. So sense. she was Ooh. all her whole plan was based <laughs> off of just the little things that she remembered and little things she had from the service. Yeah. And then and then the snowball on that, I think the scissors were used because they're tethered. The scissors yeah. are yeah. if you take them apart, they're one of the same. You put yeah. them together, they're together. So that's like it's like tethered, it's a weapon. Like I think that's maybe why Peel maybe used that as a weapon. Yeah, it's like something symmetrical, yeah. but it also can it has the ability to split something up. Yeah, yep. and, and still be equal. So yeah. I, I think that I think that's you know brilliant. Looking back on it yeah. now, um, I'm trying to think what other there's another. When did you realize? Okay, upon watching the first time we watched it, we didn't know that Adeline was red. I, I don't I don't think any of us mm-hmm. saw that coming. I mean, I, I'm, no. I'm not gonna like I'm just not speculating. I, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. I see some some of these people some of these people will brag online. Oh, we caught the twist. There's no way in hell you caught that. Yeah, twist. no, 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 there's no way. <laughs> Um, but watching it again, there are little clues, you know, like I said, when she starts singing and she's off beat. I also, um, there's also another, uh, there was another mention about that. I got five on it was a song that used to be well known and the guy's pretty much a nobody now. It's almost kind of like the tethered. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. They've just been forgotten. They've been forgotten. And I yeah. think that's where I think Peel was trying to like use that as kind of almost an analogy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, like when what? the daughter's double d- is in the tree and she's dying, like she's kind of seems sympathetic to that. So that's another kind of thing you notice, like why? Yeah. Because she's one of her. So of course she's going to be kind of sympathetic when that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the, the time that I really got that, you know, before the twist and actually going back and rewatching it again was actually because Red can talk. And the others can't. That's what really, like, went in my head. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like that. That's what he was doing. That's the little Easter egg that that he put when we first meet Red. She's the only one of the family, or any, pretty much any of the tethers, who can actually talk. Yeah, yeah. With the, and especially with the the crushed uh, throat. You're like, oh, okay. The the Hall of Mirrors, and I'm like, okay, I see what's yeah. happening now. Yeah. No, that is that that is smart. Like what uh, you know, what Peel does with this movie. But the other thing about it is, um, you really don't think again, and kind of how I said to Janine about it. I you really can't tell that like she's going to be the tether because of the fact that like yeah. you think okay, this girl had a horrific incident where she was like mm-hmm. really has like, yeah. some, some severe trauma. Yeah. Some, yeah. 
some severe PTSD from what happened. Yeah. And that's why she's locked up. That kind of justifies her behavior. Yeah. yeah her so- not wanting to go back to that beach, her yeah. wanting to just do something else, but they're insisting they go there and she's like really against it. You think, oh, yeah. she doesn't want to go back there because she had a traumatic experience, not because she's worried that. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, which is she's so gonna get sm- found out. Yeah, which is so smart. I and mean, I might, I actually may need to watch this another time just because of all the, you know, all us bringing up all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. that like, but seriously, though, that, and I guess that's that's you know the great thing about these types of films, um, you know, is just that you can go back and get mm-hmm. something that you didn't the first time. Like I never in a million years, even on even after Sixth Sense was over, I'm like, shit, he was dead. Like I'm like, wow. Like it literally hit me after the movie was over. Yep. And, and I'm driving home. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Like I want to see all these clues. Like, because obviously yeah. you had to have hinted at something, and then you see it again, and it makes mm-hmm. it that much more interesting. Or like uh, Split and the Unbreakable tie-in. Yeah. You want to see what what other Easter eggs Shyamalan had put up to the big twist of it being connected to Unbreakable. Yeah. And, and I think, and kind of echo what Janine said about, you know, even Michael Jackson and Thriller with the red and stuff like that, which makes sense. I think that, and, and at that time, I think that Hands Across America was obviously prevalent back then. And I think yeah. her, mm-hmm. her thinking that was going to be her blueprint for what she was going to do when, you know, she wanted to break the tether free, you know, to come up to the surface. I think that's what she was going to kind of do mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, it was just a, a kind of like a... Uh, call to action for her how she was going to uh you know get that about you know, go about that, yeah. yeah yeah so i think that's where she gets that hands across america and obviously at the end of the film where we see everybody in their red jumpsuit pretty much all all like, across yeah yeah yep um but also the one thing i really love love about this movie is the fact that it has really good comedic moments to break the tension you know, to break kind of, okay, you could kind of breathe now. So here's our some kind of comedy moments. So Russ, starting with you, what are your, some of your like favorite comedic type moments? Comedic moments, I think you guys will be in agreement here, is when they talk about their body count, how many people they killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're trying to decide who's going to drive. Yeah, it's like, yep. well, I killed two. Yeah. I also, he goes, I also killed myself and somebody else. You know, I killed two. I mean, it was funny. <laughs> I mean, I just think that that scene in itself is funny. Just because yeah, of the fact for sure. It, it goes completely the direction you would never think a horror movie would ever go, especially with kids talking about them killing other people and stuff like that. It's like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that would probably be one of my favorite comedic scenes for sure. I, I'm going to go with that one. That, that, that's so funny. Janine? Um, well, this is kind of before things go crazy, but I love just Winston Duke being like dorky dad, trying to get them to come out on his crappy boat. And they're just oh. like, no, we do not want to do this. You're so lame. We don't yeah. know you. Like, <laughs> and he's just like riding it around and then it breaks down in the middle of the lake. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm glad Jordan Peele is actually kind of using his comedy in there. That it yeah. makes it really, it does definitely yeah. break up yeah, the tension. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of my favorite. It's not even a joke. It's when um, the other family is being murdered, and yeah. she's like, um, "Alexa, call the police," and then it starts playing "Fuck the oh, Police" yeah. by N.W.A. Yeah, <laughs> as they're being murdered. Which is so hilarious because I'm thinking, I'm like, wouldn't she play like Sting in the Police? Yeah, right. I'm like, wouldn't she play like sending out an SOS? Maybe. Like I had a laugh that about would, that. That would have been even funnier, I think. Seriously, but, but I, I, 
I, I appreciate the NWA reference. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? A little NWA cameo love, you know? But I listen, I'm like, oh wait God. a minute. So you're saying the police? I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's a band called The called Police. The police. The police. So yeah. why, why couldn't we go, like, sending out an SOS would have been perfect. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then I uh, have one more. It's when um, Winston Duke is talking about, like, the tethers are there. And he's like, you know, I'll give you anything. The boat. And then the daughter goes, <laughs> No one wants the boat. boat yeah. <laughs> Just like, so straightforward. Like they're being faced with like people that look like them. They don't know what's happening, but they still manage to like just throw that stuff in there, which is really yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh my God, so funny. <laughs> there, there was also something that I watched in a commentary in the Blu-ray. I think Jordan Peele had said something about he modeled this film because the scariest thing that he could think of was to see yourself. Um, yeah. and I think that's, he kind of used that as a basis for this film. Um, just cause like to, to watch like literally us on the, on the screen or watch a, a version of us, I think is a scary thing because mm -hmm. we, we don't see, we live our lives every day, you know, through our eyes. We don't see it, you know, step back and see it like yeah. you know, the big picture. And I think, I think that has a little bit to play with this film too. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I feel I like, yeah, we're our own worst enemy a lot of the yeah. time. <laughs> Usually yeah, when yeah. things go wrong, it's on our end. Not yeah, seriously. Yeah, like, like you said, stepping back and kind of taking yeah. that moment to think things through. You're just kind of focused yeah. on yourself and selfishness, I think, too. But we're so yeah. eye, eyes forward <laughs> that we, we have the blinders on that we don't see what literally is going on before us just because of the fact that we're just so fixated on ourselves or like, you know, is it going to benefit the, you know, our, our well-being or like our, our immediate well-being around us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the thing uh -huh. that, you know, and I think that that's one of those, maybe even like a call to action. It's like, wake up, you know, let's take the blinders off and let's look at the big picture of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But, and that's, and to add on top of that, I also see it as like, the self-destruction of man I can of like that, yeah. humankind mm -hmm. as a whole because it's like okay like we live in the land of free right but what did we have to do to make it free and are we really using our full potential to it's fullest instead of like okay you know let's focus on all the money we have or the boats or whatever you know it's just like you know taking like a, an inner look at ourselves and realize, okay, we are here, we are free, but we're not do really doing anything with it. That's why they're tethered together. Yeah. No, and yeah, just to say, you know, what you said, pretty much how I said before with, you know, when Janine and I were talking about, uh, yeah, basically we're the puppets and society is pretty much, you know, mm -hmm. operating us. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, we need to do this. Oh, we need a, a new cell phone or we need a bigger and better car. Like, yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, we need that, you know, and like you're just on the yeah. strings, like going along with the ride. Um, but if you break free from it, you can be your own person and think, you know, logically for yourself and not be, you know, not have to live with, you know, pre-imposed rules on you and stuff like that that society creates on on mm -hmm. people. You know what I mean? And I like, yeah. again, like I said, this is a social commentary. I, I think you can get so many different things out of this. Just like get out. Obviously, it may not be as transparent. But the messages are still there. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I obviously like to think of, like, I'll even throw Kubrick back in into it. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the beginning of it, uh, was, like, almost kind of like, you know, the destruction of man or whatever. Because, like, we are wanting the bigger and better things. And we want, you know, technology. Uh, with Because it, it has that hand in the play with, like, technology. And, like, technology is our own worst enemy mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so just to kind of how you echoed about 
you know, society in general as it yeah. is. Yeah. Like the mom telling the daughter to put her phone away before she goes to sleep. And then as soon as the mom yeah. leaves, she's got her phone back out. Yeah. You know, Winston Duke, you can just little yeah. lines here and there of him kind of comparing himself to the friend who's rich and, oh, he's got a bigger boat. He's got a bigger this. He's got a better car. He got a new car. Can't yeah. believe that. Da-da-da. Yeah. You know, that kind of competition with who has the better stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A but, lot of subtle things like that. But even when she's on the beach and the, the neighbors talking to Lupita Nyong'o about, oh yeah, she had just gotten some work done and, Lupita Nyong'o was like, you look the same. Yeah. Like, we're, we're so yeah. fixated on life, like, you know, like like Botox or this and that. Like, these yeah. little enhancements are going to, you know, what really makes or breaks, like, you know, yeah. us as a society. Yeah. It's like, but we're all going to die. We're all, yeah. you know, we all age. You can't stop that. Yeah. And I think that that, that in itself was kind of, uh, you know, how you mentioned that, just because of the fact that that whole scene right there is pretty much shows you that, you know, she wants – She's so superficial. She thinks about like herself and the yeah. materialistic things. Yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, I think Winston Duke's almost trying to play catch up in his mind that he yeah. thinks that he, yeah. needs to, he needs to have these things to sustain, like to sustain happiness or have um, to, 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 you know, show that he's wealthy, to have that symbolism to like, you know what I mean? in society or something like I have to drive yeah. a new car or I need a boat because that's what successful people do have yachts and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to add on top of that, like, that's one thing I love is, like, it shows the other family. I keep calling them the other family. I just, I don't know what their last names are. But, it, like, it shows, like, they have this big mansion. They have, you know, all this great technology, all the big TVs and stuff. But they're not happy. They're, they're not a family. The time. They're not a family. They're, no. they're fighting all the time. They're separating in separate yeah. rooms. They're yelling mm-hmm. at each other. They're... You know, one's drinking all the time. The other just wants to leave. Like, they're not happy when no. they have all the everything. Things. Yeah, because you see that even when he's downstairs drinking, she's, like, kind of, like, bitching at him about looking outside because there's somebody outside. The yeah. kids are locked away in their room doing whatever. Doing whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, and then that. also, like, um, I completely lost my train of thought. Wow. Well, but they're locked in a room doing their own thing. Like you can see that the family's not a, a family unit. unit. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. very separated. And I think the thing that Winston Duke thinks is that if we have money, we can live lavishly and still be happy. Like they're more of a family because they're actually doing things together, not having that yeah. money. Yeah, but but still, I mean, they make pretty good money because they're driving a nice vehicle. Yeah. They have a beat. They have like a, a separate <laughs> vacation house. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And he does have a boat. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not a great boat, but I don't it, have a boat. It, it's not a yacht. It's not the Wolf of Wall Street here, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's a start. Yeah. It's a start for sure. <laughs> so before we kind of uh, end the podcast here, I do have a question, and it actually goes back to the very beginning of our discussion. Do you guys think that Jason, the, the young kid, is actually a tethered? Or is he the real life kid? Anyone uh, can. I I see signs that maybe he is like how Jason he doesn't know how to use that that lighter thing. That lighter. So if, if it was his, like he would have remembered how to use that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and true. then just the fact that like uh, the mom she she can't speak because she was choked. So did like he burn his mouth so he couldn't speak or something like that. And oh, okay. Yeah. So just little things like that. And just the look he gives her, like he knows what's going on. The fact that he mm-hmm. recognizes who the others are. So it's just little things like that. But then other things don't really make sense. Like why would 
um, Adelaide would be uh, like upset, so upset when he walked into the fire because that's not really her son. That's yeah, that's that was red mother, son. That was a mother. Well, it was a, a more of a mother's reaction than when she did that. Yeah, when she was yeah. really upset that he yeah was, yeah yeah Rush. very true. And then I, the other thing to uh, talk about what Janine was saying, um, even maybe. Uh, burn the boy's mouth shut so he couldn't talk about it and tell the truth of what actually happened, maybe, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a really good possibility. I never actually even thought of it like that. Um, to me, just based on what I see face value from the movie, I would say it's the real, it's the real child just because of the fact that, like, we have no reason to think otherwise. We're, to, we're told Adeline's story. How, when did this happen? Like, when did the tether get Jason? You know what I mean? Like, when would that have happened? Yeah. They, they would have to resurface in order to get the child. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't, I, I don't, that doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Um, yeah, that's what kind of makes me a little bit hesitant about it too. Like, yeah. I see things that make me think that. But yeah, like how they laid yeah. out how all of Adelaide's stuff being yeah. pretty obvious once you kind of found out the twist. Yeah. There's nothing that's concrete, obvious yeah. that really can make and you that, sure. And that's peel leaving yeah. loose and just to kind of like yeah. you know, speculate. And that's yeah. the greatest thing about movies. Like, you know, what happened at the end of The Wrestler? Did Mickey Rourke die or did he really finish the body? Sl- did he really yeah. jump off the rope and connect? Like, yeah. that's what, that's the beauty of movies. It leaves that open interpretation, which can yeah. drive you nuts sometimes because I love closure in films. Um, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I think I speak for like 95% of the uh, movie watching community. I love closure. I want to know, okay. What period. happens next? Yeah. Period. This is yeah. what happened. We're done. Okay. But yeah, I can totally see that they burned, you know, Jason's mouth because they didn't want him to, you know, kind of pretty much say what mm-hmm. had happened. But like my thing is that I go back and I think about kind of disputed is just the fact that they would have to resurface in order for after Adeline had a child, had children to go do that in order to get him. But they never specify that in the movie. So like I'm like, eh. yeah, at that, at that point, I think it's moot. Um, I, I think I think the way he looks at her is just a, it's just coincidence. I think he's just looking at his mom like that, like, because this, this, you know, his mom's a badass. His mom pretty much, like, you know, protected the family there at the end of the film. Um, and, you know, he just kind of gave her that look. Um, and, I, and again, like how I said, Peel left it for interpretation. I, I, I just want to say yeah. that I, I don't think he's a tethered version of Jason. I think he's just, he's really the son. I just think that kind of like when you're led into that movie, that the feel of it feels like, oh, well, what if, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the evidence just doesn't support it. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna say that it's not the tethered version of them. And then me, like, I'm really on the fence about it because, yeah, like, as Janine said, there are clues that are like, okay, maybe, but then some yeah. things don't make any sense. But also, I always thought the reason why Jason's mouth was burned was because it was him trying to do that that lighter trick, and it just blew up in his face. Okay. Like Jason okay. trying to do that that uh, trick, and, and you know how he can't do it yeah. like, in real life, like or the real version. But what if he was able to do it beforehand, and it blew up his mouth, and now his mouth's all burned? But my the, another one, I, I just thought of a point here. What if Winston Duke's character and the Adeline or Red or whatever, they didn't want him to play with fire, so they took the fire capacity out of it. You know, because yeah, I mean? yeah. he's because he's younger. They don't want him to play with fire. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's a know, possibility. Because what are the chances that thing that's that that son of a bitch thing doesn't like? Come on. 
He's yeah. got the whole entire film. It's going to be movie. Yeah. It's going to accidentally go. He's going he's gonna to accidentally do it once. I mean, yeah. Come on. So I wonder if they maybe took the, you know, the fire making ability out of the lighter just because they were like, he likes to play with it. It's a comfort thing for him, maybe. And he won't get hurt because it doesn't, it can't, it doesn't, it can't, can't light, strike it yeah. on fire. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe that. I don't know. Yeah. There, there's so many questions that we can ask about this movie. Like, just constant questions, but I, I do love how Jordan Peele does give us answers too. It's not just everything is open ending. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get into kind of our closing thoughts. Janine, kick us off with your closing thoughts on the movie. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as get out. Um, I feel like, yeah, they put a lot on you to have to kind of figure things out, which is not a bad thing, but no. you know, I, I liked I didn't I liked that get out was more clear with their symbolism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when an ambiguous ending is done well, I do really enjoy an ambiguous ending. So this one worked for me. So yeah, yeah I didn't like it as much as get out, but I did really enjoy this movie. There were a lot of really smart choices, a lot of smart uh, symbolism there. And yeah, I do like the ambiguous ending. <laughs> Russ? Yeah, kind of echo what Janine said. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I made it known. I, I'm a Get Out fan. I enjoyed Get Out. I, I love the everything's right in your face. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to dig a little bit more for us. But that's not saying that this movie isn't a good yeah. film. I mean, th- I mean, when you when you have a first movie like Get Out, the pressure's immense to try yeah. to follow it up with a movie. And, and, and us, I mean... Uh, most people that direct movies that, you know, would, would kill to have a movie like us. So, I mean, like, and that's, oh, yeah. a, that's the second, you know, feature film right out of, you know, that, account, you know, Oscar winning, you know, get out. So yeah. mm-hmm. to me, it's like one of those things where, you know, us, us does, it's entertaining. There are a lot of questions you ask yourself. There are some things that you could consider loopholes in the film that aren't really tied together that aren't mm-hmm. answered fully. And I think that in itself is kind of something that, again, how I said I like closure. Janine likes closure, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> us doesn't give you that. There's, like, a lot of things that are up in the air. Um, or that's, that can be misinterpreted because – or yeah. interpreted differently yeah. from your yeah. perspective. Yeah, because mo- movies are so subjective, you know, as a whole. And it doesn't yeah. – you know, what I see as something, you know, that you may see in us that I, you know, completely – I look at it a different way. Yeah. You know? There were a lot of things like that. And there's a ton of things in that. Like, maybe too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not to take, you know, take away that this film is a good film. Um, is it going to be in my top ten of the year? Probably not. Um, I would put it in the honorable mentions for sure. Just because I still think that this is, this is kind of slowly redefining the horror genre. Um, because I – and I know, like, you know – Hunter, you like to think Get Out is a horror movie. It's not, but um, it's a I, horror I, thriller. But it's it's more of a thriller. But uh, yeah, um, this film plays a little bit more like a horror film, but it borrows mm-hmm. a lot of tropes from movies of the past, i.e., yeah. The Strangers or even The Shining with the twins, and just like different movies like that. Just that just shows uh, Peel's love of horror, the the horror, horror genre, obviously. Mm-hmm. But to me, I just think that this film is the weaker of the two films. But by by any means, this is still a good film. I yeah. mean, and, yeah. and, if, and if anybody can make the movie us and, you know, and say, hey, this movie is a, a decent film or like, a, you know, a good follow up to uh, get out. I think they'd be pretty proud of that. So yeah. um, it's a good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely has its problems. Definitely has a lot of questions that are like loose ended that aren't answered. But all in all, it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm more on the fence about this one because I don't know which one I like more, get out or us. 
Because with us, I love the idea of kind of coming up with my own theories and coming up with what does this movie mean to me? Instead of like, well, in Get Out, we know what the movie's about, and it does kind of force it down. And that's not a bad thing. I just, I lean towards movies where I like to get my own interpretation of the movie. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And uh, like, but also Get Out, because it is so direct, it can do more things with its storyline. It can have more fun. It can poke fun at itself. It can also give really great dramatic moments. So I'm not going to say which one I like more because I think both are incredible thriller, horror movies, whatever you want to say. But overall, I think Us is a well-paced and, – and the pacing of this movie is really good too. You're never bored throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great you know, scares, great um, – gr- uh, uh, a fantastic lead with uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, Winston Duke kills it as always. The acting is fantastic. The horror, the um, the scares, the scale of this movie is epic and big. And overall, I really love this movie. You can even say the score kind of takes you know takes what it from his predecessors, i.e., like uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, yeah, or or even like a John Carpenter esque like Halloween. Halloween. Oh yeah. yeah, some of that score that I I got like even the one time when I think she is. The, the daughter is out right by the car and her uh, mm-hmm. te- tethered. They're like, and, and how creepy her eyes, like her eyes are like, oh, right, like yeah. <laughs> wide open, like staring at yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but they play that horror esque, like the, that type of uh, that score, which kind of reminds mm-hmm. me, of, it's, it's almost like a call to, you know, paying homage to the uh, horror films of uh, yesterday. So I, I kind of like that, how uh, Peel does that. Yeah, that's a great oh, score. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, amazing score. All right, guys, so let's get into the horror corner. This is what we um, – very cheesy title, I know, but um, it's Russ's turn to tell us what movie he picks for next week. Are you ready for this one? Because I've never seen this film, and maybe Jenny's going to be really shocked too. Uh, I'm going to pick The Witch for next next week. I, I did not see it. I know it's one of A24's, yes! like, like, you know, uh, uh, Jules. I love that movie. Um, and I just, I never saw it. It's just one of those ones where it was like, I just, I never got around to it. There's so many movies released every year. Um, it was just one of the ones that kind of fell on the radar. A lot of people talk about it, how scary it's supposed to be. Um, I usually don't buy the hype because I get disappointed when I do, but, um, I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the witch. I'm kind of curious about it. I want to watch it and it gives me an excuse to see it. So yeah, that's going to be our review for next week. Awesome. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Great pick, Russ. All right, guys, so let's get into the closing plugs. Let's start off with Janine. Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Janine Dabeen. Um, And I have a podcast with my friend Morgan Robinson called Morgan Hasn't Seen, where my friend Morgan basically hasn't seen anything. <laughs> Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so we pick like a series, a related series of films. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm going to have to and, download it. Yeah, so we're, okay. right now we're doing the Fast and Furious films leading up to Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, same. Nice, so nice. watched all of them, and then we're going to watch Hobbs and Shaw as our bonus film. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. So it's a fun show because, yeah, he hasn't seen anything. Like, we, we never saw the John Wick movies. We did like six early MCU movies he hadn't seen leading up to Endgame. Like, I don't think get- he saw. 
the first no, two Thors. He didn't see any of the Iron Man movies. He hadn't seen the Incredible Hulk. So that's that's how the series started when he told me he hadn't seen those movies. And I'm like, what? Was Endgame's he the- coming out and you haven't seen those? Was, it, <laughs> was, was he in the cave with Tony Stark in 2008? I think though? he was because, okay. yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's so that's kind of what bred the show was. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Though. Yeah. So really check cool. it out on the that's It's a Wonderful cool. podcast uh, podcast feed. So For sure. Yeah. All right, Russ, where can people find you online? I, too, do a podcast with Mr. Chance Ellison. It's Notorious by Chance. Uh, on Facebook, join our group. We do a lot of polls where we have, you know, specials of, you know, you guys vote on good movies and or bad movies. Um, we are going to be recording a double feature because uh, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So what better way to celebrate it than the documentary uh, Apollo 11, followed by Damien Chazelle's first man. I think that's a really good double feature. Um so we're going to be shooting that. We just wrapped up shooting The Wicker Man. Uh, I don't know when. we He had problems uploading it, so I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Um, but it is shot. It will be coming up. Um, you can find me competing in fan leagues um, and pretty much just talking about movies in general. I just love the platform that we have where we can all you know, just bounce ideas and snowball off of one another and just kind of talk you know, the passion that we all have. And I, I, just, I love that platform. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And also... He has a uh, a channel on YouTube. He just it's not active. Uh, that's why I'm not even talking about it because I haven't posted anything. <laughs> I haven't I, I haven't posted anything in eight months, and uh, it's funny because Chance and I talk about it when we do our plugs. Um, it was one of those things where it was just so much easier to talk podcasts as opposed to uploading videos and editing yeah. and taking the time to do all that. Uh, upon you know juggling you know family life and work life and just I, I think podcasting is so much easier because. I feel like you can just get your words out there. You can have a conversation and people can hear the conversation. You don't have to edit it. There's nothing to, yeah. you know what <laughs> I mean? To cut out or, yeah. It's people talking and having a conversation. It's much more efficient and quicker. Um, so I'm thinking about maybe potentially doing the House Hollywood Reviews on a, on a podcast platform on my own, like just kind of doing, you know, just like Ooh. new releases and stuff like that. I'm thinking about that maybe later on down the road. Uh, Nothing set in stone. I'm kind of just focusing on our two podcasts that we have, you know, Hunter and Eyes and obviously Chance and Eyes uh, podcast. Yep. And if you guys did enjoy this podcast, make sure to uh, rate and give us those five stars, all the five stars in the world. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Damn it. I do that every time. Because you you made me talk about YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah.